Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I am your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are here to discuss the first two episodes of the Disney Plus series, Hawkeye. Hawkeye, six-episode series, uh, created by Jonathan Igla, directed by Reese Thomas, and obviously we know Jeremy Renner, Haley Steinfeld. We'll get into them in a little bit, but let's introduce the panel first. The super producer, Jake Christie, is in the house tonight. Jake, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, Anthony? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to talk about this show. And the Rome dog is in the house. Jerome Chang, Jumby Lime, is here. Jerome, how are you? Uh, I'm feeling a lot more comfortable this recording compared to the last because I don't have to wear a blonde wig, which is very nice. <laughs> Honestly, great costume, though. Uh, Thank you. Really appreciate Thank you. the effort. Um you know, it, it, it went a long way. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, if I knew I was going to go into that, uh, the one thing I had in mind is between costume and attempting a voice and accent, I would commit as hard as I could. And you really so, did. You, you just you, really... You. I mean, I mean really the thing special. that we should explain to the audience is, like, what are we talking about, guys? Yeah, so this last weekend, we had our live table read of the script for The Avengers, and I think I speak for everyone who did it, that it was an amazing amount of fun. Super fun. Um, and it was really funny. Uh, and so if you missed that, um, you can download a recording of it via our Patreon. So sign up for patreon.com slash mcuniversitypod. And in addition to all the other stuff you get with us, the bonus episodes, the Discord, etc., you can download that. Uh, and there's also going to be a highlight reel coming out if you don't want to sit through the two and a half hours of it. But honestly, it is so much of it is so good. There's so many great bits. People had costumes. <laughs> Someone even had multiple costume changes, which was impressive. Um, it was it was amazing. Yeah, it was honestly the most, really the most fun I've had in a good while, maybe years. <laughs> I'd say do not worry for those who, who missed it and probably mm-hmm. are like, I can't join the Patreon. And yeah. This is like the only time we'll ever be doing this. We'll yeah. never do this again. No, this thing is returning yeah. in, in, a, in a few months. We all months, had too much so fun. We'll, <laughs> Yeah, we'll let was, you we'll let time. you guys know when that's gonna happen. But this is coming back, same cast of characters, the whole nine yards. But to echo both Jake and Jerome's sentiments on the subject, it was an excellent time had by all. So looking forward to doing that again at some point. But we are here to discuss Hawkeye, and I want to take you guys back to when this show was first announced back in. What was it 2019, 2020, or something like that? Something it was. Like that. Was it a part of uh, either a Comic Con or a Disney Plus kind of like it was a yeah, string was, of different right, right yeah. titles? Yeah, yeah. And I remember at the time all of our reactions to it, and we were like, "Do we really need this? Is this a thing that we need? Is it something that we really want?" And um, it was generally <laughs> what, tepid. What? In fairness, I mean, yeah. I think when it comes to just the character and title of Hawkeye, it's almost become its own like self-parody and bit to yeah. hate on Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. So I think even at that time when we're already saying like, oh, I don't know, da da da, it's more playing into the bit. Like, I think Disney is very aware. Anyone who's involved with Hawkeye up down to like Jeremy, Re- Jeremy Renner, I'm assuming is very aware about nobody wanting to hear about Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to imagine, like, even back then, I was like, well, if they have a reason to do this, there must be something good in it. 
Yeah, I, I think the big difference is, and I remember we definitely joked about it a lot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, sp- I think specifically because Nitz was a guest on that podcast, and I know that she was <laughs> right. not uh, here for it. Yes. But I think the big thing with a show like Hawkeye is that on its face, there's really no character that Marvel can make a show about that I would be, like, angry at the idea of them doing it. It's just there's a mm. lot bigger margin of error that, like, for example, with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, because, I don't know. That's true. I guess what I would say is that if they do a show about a character that we're all very invested in or we care a lot about, or we think it's going to be super interesting, well, I think you'd be willing to forgive some of the execution problems. With a Hawkeye show, though, there's nothing exciting inherent to the character, so the sure. show is exclusively just about how it's executed. You know what I mean? Like, it's not right, like, right, for example, okay. a thing I've said about, like, The Rise of Skywalker, which is a movie that's not good, is it's like, I don't think that it's a well-made movie, but it's people shooting blasters and there's Wookiees and Jedis, so there's a floor mm-hmm. of how good it is. You know what I mean? Whereas Hawkeye... It could be, if it's not done right, then it's, like, not even, there's not even redeeming things about cool characters you like to see. You know what I mean? Hmm. See, okay, so the way I look at that is just that uh, I, I take it more as the bar is so low because nobody really cares about Hawkeye. That's fair. So you you really will only, like, I, I don't think you'll come out with anything feeling bad. Because I think That's true. for most of the stuff that we look at as being bad, especially in a Marvel and Disney Plus sense is that we feel let down. And that's because we have expectations on those characters right. and what we want right, out of it. Right. And we just wouldn't have any here. I think the thing that actually comes out of it, which also is bad for it, is just that nobody is interested. Like, there's just nothing yeah. of interest that comes out of it. But in terms of actually feeling negative about it, I just couldn't see that, that happening for me. If anything, it's just right. like, I feel ambivalence. Yeah, I think that that's fair. And I think that that's probably, in terms of just a pitch of a show before a show's even mm-hmm. made, that's probably the worst thing you can say about it. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. And yes. so I think at, it, it the worst time for Hawkeye's PR You was want it to be bad announced. instead of, like, indifferent. Like, you, yeah, you'd rather exa- it be rather, so bad that people are just, like, ironically watching the show. It, or you, you'd rather, because if, if it's do, it does anything to be bad, then that means it was at least trying things to be good. But anyway. Exactly. Yeah. No, I, and it's funny, and and I wondered at at the time, but then as as time has gone on, and we've started to hear more and more about what this show entails, and the story of Kate Bishop, um, particularly this cast, which is pretty loaded, I have to say, in terms of just really, really good actors. Like, just mm-hmm. you want to put Vera Farmiga in a supporting role, Tony Dalton. Um, as Jack Duquesne, it's just like we're there's going to be a lot of Tony Dalton standing for me in this episode. Uh, but just like generally, and obviously Haley, Haley is such a or like right off the bat, we can we can talk about general thoughts. But I mean, I just want to say this: like her her screen presence um, really shines very early in this, where. It's cool that Renner, Renner's uh, Clint Barton is kind of like in the background for the most mm-hmm. part in the first episode. And she's mm-hmm. kind of like the headliner. And we get to know more about her, her backstory and everything. I really, really just am taken to the Kate Bishop character. But mm-hmm. um, general thoughts, guys. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. I mean, in that in that regard. There are movie stars and there are actors and Haley Seinfeld. And they're not mutually exclusive, but Haley Seinfeld's a movie star and you can just tell right off the bat. It's actually not even... Um, like, that's, I think, the value of someone like her is that you immediately are drawn to her character and they don't really need to set up that much. Obviously, she has an interesting backstory and stuff like that. But, like, 
when you have a character that you just want to be around, and obviously I think that that's it's a smart thing to have in this show because that's a thing that Jeremy Renner doesn't really have. He doesn't really have the same magnetism. Um, and so to have her kind of really be the center of gravity that you're always interested in what's happening because you're so involved, interested in her, it really is just a masterstroke to cast her. But I think that that's really what um, was really strong for me in this was the... Um, her storyline and then the sto- bits with her and Clint together. The stuff with Clint by himself with his family obviously kind of felt perfunctory in some p- parts. That's probably the parts I enjoyed the least. But I think once they're together, I think that a very smart decision that the show makes is it makes it very clear, and I want to hear what you guys have to say about this, but that in the universe of the MCU, people view Hawkeye like MCU fans view Hawkeye in the movies. Yes. And I think that that was incre- <laughs> a very smart choice because it allowed that they make no pretense that they're pretending that this character's cool the thing is that Kate Bishop just so happens to be the one person who thinks that he is cool and that like that's right. kind of that that's that gets to him on her side you make you feel you you like her because the like, Hawkeye's been the butt of the joke the entire time like, I, it, guess, it didn't take until now I guess like even if you look at not, Ultron and stuff like that he's I, never I taken that, seriously I think that he's not taken seriously by the rest of the Avengers but the fact that like this is where we no, I get what you mean, though. Like, the way that the general like, yeah. public has yeah. opinions on the Avengers and that the general public is like, Hawkeye's lame. And I think that that... And yes, it's not the first time they did it, but I think centering that mm-hmm. allows I don't, I don't to... know that um, I got the impression that everyone in this, uh, like, not including um, Kate Bishop, actually thought Hawkeye is lame. I think there is... Well, the homie a... in the, cos- the cosplay scenario and the... Yeah. Uh, I, I think that there was, is that a was level an interesting of, like, scene. people really respecting the regular guy somehow like just surviving this there is an air of that to me too because you know even he gets you know the comped meal at the uh, mm-hmm. at the chinese restaurant there are things like that like he is still treated like a hero yeah um, the dude coming just, up like, to him in the bathroom asking for the selfie exactly I guess, I guess what i would say though is the conversation that kate bishop has with him about mm-hmm. like branding and stuff like that then i guess what i'm trying to say <laughs> is that mm-hmm. That he is a hero, and that's an important thing. But I think at the same time, he's the hero that no one is. No one in, in Times Square. He's, is he's no one's favorite. Is exactly what you're just getting. that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. Well, I, my my general point is just that I think that there are some people, executives, who would want to be like, no, the main character of the show has to be cool, so we have to pretend like Hawkeye's really, really cool. And the fact that they're like, no, we're not going to pretend like Hawkeye's a cool character. I, I'd say and you hold that thought like until we get to the end of the season. Series. I get, yeah, I, I, I guess what I, I don't know. I think that, I, I guess what I'm just trying to say is it's kind of like, I think that there's a way that people are afraid to ever make the main character not the coolest person in the world. And the fact that they make right. it very clear that Hawkeye is not the coolest person in the world, and that's not a problem for him, that he's comfortable with that. Yeah. And that I think that that kind of, it makes you not roll your eyes when you're watching a show by Hawkeye. Because the show Hawkeye knows that, yeah, the Hawkeye's pr- probably low on the list of people who deserve a show about them. I think they're just – it just feels like they're going the route of, like, for sure entering in, like, the only way you can, like, really make Hawkeye your favorite is either you're, like, Kate Bishop specifically Mm -hmm. or there's, like, an ironic take Mm -hmm. on it that people are being funny about. But I wouldn't be surprised in that they're doing so similarly to, like, what they did with Black Widow is, like, they're going to make a case for Hawkeye by the end of this. Oh, I agree. And so, like, I I do agree, like, in terms of, like, where we're entering in on, but I wouldn't – say that we're really sitting on a point of like they're entirely dismissive of this character oh i, I think that that's yeah. true and i think that that also allows for growth throughout it because i think that you can mm-hmm. see that like they don't plant the seeds i don't think they would have ever entered like i think like i agree with your take about that 
being very common, but I don't think we've been at that point with like oh, that kind of executive for a I very agree. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I think that you could you just see it with other franchises and stuff like that. It's like, come on, yeah. this character is yeah. not cool enough to warrant. <laughs> right. Is there uh, any is there any other additional thoughts, Jake, you had on the general like how like I how mean, you felt about I, the show so far? I thought that the world they set up is interesting. I want to know more about this underground stuff. I want to know more about Via Farmiga's whole whatever, her whole get down, because clearly she's hiding some shit. Um, and so mm-hmm. I need her to do more because she's awesome. Yeah, I also assume yeah. that at some point I'm gonna guess. This is just a guess that um, Kate Bishop's father is definitely not dead because uh, <laughs> they cast Brian Darcy James, who's not like a big name, but he's a name that I know. He's the guy on Spotlight who's not on the poster, um, and uh, he was Pat. He's her father, and clearly I don't think that they would cast him. And he's in the main title, so I assume that he's probably coming back in some way. So there's something interesting going on with the with Vera Farmiga that I'm intrigued by, and I hope you mean a gets... Marvel character with unresolved father issues? <laughs> that, honestly, that's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't even don't even know why I said that. Um, but yeah, I think that that's what I want to see. In the same way with Wandavision, where by episode three we wanted to see them leave the world, I want to see yeah. them start digging into the nefariousness of Vera Farmiga and all that. It by episode three because I feel like that's if they wait till the end to expose that then I I would kind of just be like ah done no shit have you seen it, the it's way a she consideration acts? that like is like it is something that is very warranted to be worried about because they kind of do that with Disney Plus yeah yeah mm-hmm. how about you Rome um it's I, I would say it is exactly where I thought the show would be in terms of like it's not big it's not small. It's enjoyable enough to kind of like watch through, and like I have nothing negative to say about it. Like it's fun. Um, I like Hilly Steinfeld in the character. I think uh, it's really interesting to think about the idea of like Kate Bishop is an actual known known character in Marvel, and yet when you put an actor like Hilly Steinfeld, who very much has that kind of same personality in a lot of roles that she might take on, mm-hmm. or at least like her like bigger, more popular roles. Um, like you wonder what other interpretation of that character you could have had because she's just such an overwhelming personality in a good way. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I think it was a good move. Uh, like Jake said to have her kind of be the center of the first two episodes. Um, the mystery kind of built up around it is great. I know we talked offline about your excitement about just like we only kind of tapped into what is to come. Mm -hmm. I hope they don't go into that too quickly because i think there's still a lot to like really explore in this space right now um but yeah it was fun it was like exactly when you told me uh and like started explaining what this hawkeye series was going to be it was just about where i thought it would be like a well put together disney plus series that's enjoyable involving a character that is nowhere near like the top tier (laughs) character but you have enough fun with him like doing the whole larp thing well i'm sure we'll talk about that like all really fun little bits there um that lets jeremy renner kind of poke fun of himself and his character Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and i and i think one of the things that i really enjoyed is that these two episodes didn't feel like set up even though they were setting up stuff so and i think that's important tonally you get the stuff like the rogers musical which is a nice funny bit you get some of the Hawkeye stuff that I mentioned earlier. I would go to that musical. Up to him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but can I ask a question about the musical? It's the big, like, line in the song is that I can do this all day. But we only yeah. ever hear him say that in, like, private <laughs> fights. Who is the one who's, like, when, like, I mean, how do people know that that's his catchphrase? 
so maybe somebody question. gave an interview from the Avengers and was like, yeah, he used to say yeah, that. Yeah, I wonder. Honestly, I want to know who it is because I'm trying to think of all the times he said that during fights. Obviously, the one time when he was like a scrawny guy, which obviously that person's dead before this musical's ever made. Tony Stark, <laughs> I don't think, said anything about it, even though he did it in Civil War. No, but you know what? I could, I could see that being something that gets kind of built up in lore. Like that's You know what? That's fair. Um, you know, just like, um, especially during the propaganda days of like when he was before he was frozen. Right. I could see like all that mm-hmm. kind of being built in. Like Great and point. Agent Colson would know that as like my favorite superheroes like mm-hmm. big phrase. Um but I mean you bring up a generally like I don't want to dive into this cuz it'd be just such a off tangent but like uh <laughs> right. how much does the general public know about these people? I mean that is Period. I think a question that should be I don't know if it's answered in this series, but I think that that's something that could be very interestingly answered in right? a like Iron uh, Man is like the only real like public figure. Yeah. Everyone else just kind of came in like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. No one really knew who Doctor Strange was, and I don't think like there has been anything that that's happened. Like there's so many people that entered the Endgame. Like Wakanda people have not really figured out or just are starting to figure out. Yeah. Um, right. Anyway. Um, I, also no, it, it, I love the detail that Ant-Man's there, and it's like, he wasn't there, because that is such an yes, yeah. adaptation thing to do. It's like, this but I also like the other there. reverse version of that, of like, if this were like the Marvel comics, he totally would be there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and I think like if we, just some observations from from the first two episodes for me, I just really like... I like the Clint and Kate banter. That was yeah. that was fun once they got going uh, with that. That was cool. I think what's going to be interesting is how they address because at least they started off with the Ronin stuff. As in, well, you know, to he's me, trying that's to the most problematic part of the thing so far of yeah. just how playful they are about this like serial murderer. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like I was thinking about that as I was watching the episode, and I was like. So clearly his wife knows, and to a degree, his kids even know. That that one is really wild to, like, I mean, one thing for the wife, but, like, for your family to know that you did this, like, how do you even look at him the same way? Yeah. Right. And it's like, like one of those going things. through a phase? Come on. This is not buying a Ferrari. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, it, that's what it kind yeah. of felt like. It, yeah. it plays into one of the more problematic aspects of superhero things where, and I think that this is a problematic aspect of our culture in a lot of ways, that... Uh-huh. If you once someone is deemed to be a bad guy, doing so and no, no matter what you do against them is not considered a transgression. So it's like it's not a big deal that Ronan killed all those ba- people because they were bad guys, they were gangsters, yes. whatever. And yeah. like that is, I think a, that's a definitely huge the case they're trying to make here with superhero stuff in general because you need so many goons to die, and so you need audiences to be like, you should not care about these people at all. But yeah. I also think that honestly, I think that really I think fucked them up in a lot of ways in terms of how to frame it is that. I think it was genuinely for a lot, both actual reasons, real life reasons, and story reasons to make it that the one group of people you actually see them kill are Yakuza, because like that just is yep. so problematic. He, he, he they, they should have had him kill any other type of mob. He in, murders yeah. them publicly in the streets. Yeah, this isn't even like a covert assassination. No. This, like, I mean, it's John Walker. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's all yeah. these things. Like, yeah. Right. Like, they could have gone with even the tracksuit mafia as the tracksuit mafia mentions that Hawkeye has had run-ins with them mm-hmm. previously. Um, it's as so Roman casual anyway. and how he's just like, I need to just, like, shore things up. And I'm like, you murdered their people. Like, mm-hmm. there's no shoring up. If anything, it's just like, 
it's a surprise they don't continually come after you. Like, what is the deal? Well, I mean, I don't think they know he's Ronan, but yeah, I think that that's that, yeah, that's a fair point too. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I, and and as far as that's concerned, and I'm glad you guys brought that up. I was think I really was thinking about the whole morality of this series and the morality of Clint Barton as a person. And mm. it's one thing to be dealing with, and they're trying to address the trauma of him losing Nat the way that he did, yeah. but at the same time. It's almost like this feels like uh, a thing that he has to do as opposed to something that maybe he should be grappling with how bad a decision that he made doing He seems that. like he's having a perfectly fine life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Just want to be home in time for Christmas, right? <laughs> like the, the time that he actually spends in kind of becoming a hero again in Endgame is minuscule compared to the months or years he spent being a person murdering many people around the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is kind of wild to think about. Yeah. Um, for the most part, like, and I'll get to action sequences in a little bit, but really the stuff that I enjoyed the most, and there's two sets of, of uh, dialogue that I enjoyed. I enjoyed, and both of them involved Kate. Kate mm-hmm. and Clint in episode two and Kate and Jack in episode two as well. That was so fun. Tony Dalton, let me tell you guys, as somebody who's been watching Better Call Saul and seeing Lalo Salamanca just be such a sly, just oozing with magnetism on the screen. Once I saw that he was cast in this and I can't wait to see when we get more of his backstory because He's somebody who trained Clint. Uh, that will be really, really fun because uh, Tony Dalton is just really good at this. And that was really fun to see. Uh, Jake is somebody who in, who analyzes these performances. Uh, what did you think of Jack and, and, his, uh, and his introduction to the MCU? I mean, he needed you to uh, be suspicious of him immediately because, like, they don't really, you know... That it's not like he's a character you're going to find out is bad. Like, you know he's bad the whole damn time. Um, and you... Uh, but the thing that he does really well is that you know he's doing some super underground, shady, illegal stuff. And you know that he probably even killed uh, his uncle or whatever. Whatever Armand is to him. And all that. But the way that he plays it and the way that his di- the scenes are written with him and Kate Bishop is that the actual thing that you're most mad at him for is what you think tricking... Kate's mom, because you you you're in her position. Because the thing that Kate's mad about is that her mom is getting swindled by this guy. Yeah, she knows that he murdered this guy and is doing all this other stuff. But the thing she's actually mad about is that you know what I mean. And so the fact that the pl- ways he plays up his menace is in those scenes where he's just being the most smarmy, like the I write a book about being a stepfather, like that type of stuff. <laughs> that that's where he's at his most evil. That he, he doesn't need when he's like in like the you know freaking underground auction or whatever. He's actually playing that less. You hate, I think you hate him less in that scene than you do in the scenes where it's just them at the dinner table. You know what I mean? And I think that that's right. really fun. Because it, because like I said, you're, you they want you to be put in Kate's position. Because I think the thing, too, is that, like, organized crime is, like, a little below the pay grade of Marvel at this point. And so if the show was just about them stopping an organized crime thing, that's wherever. But if it's stopping an organized crime thing by the guy who's trying to be your stepfather, that's an interesting plot, you know? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And... And I think the yeah the organized crime part that's a that's interesting because Marvel hasn't had a chance to really delve into that yet. And I know that we've seen 
iterations of that in the Netflix shows, but I'm very just curious to see how they kind of lay this out for us as we start with this underground auction, as you say, with basically Avengers gear from the blown up compound in Endgame, which uh, which is interesting, like who's going after that? We talk about the tracksuit mafia, um, who in the comics, they work for one Wilson Fisk, who I'm gonna assume we're gonna see at some point later in this series. And so you get that stuff and it's just, re- it, it's really interesting to see them lay that out and how it's going to play out for everybody involved. And I'm just, I'm just curious when I think about specifically a character which we saw at the end of episode two in Alakwa Cox's Echo is what what a type of role that she plays. Obviously, she doesn't say anything. They do this um, kind of like menacing music at the end of um, at the end of episode two. But but the crime stuff is really you know what I was thinking about watching all the crime stuff like all of the missions in uh, Batman Arkham in mm-hmm. the Arkham series in the games mm-hmm. where you would fight all of these thugs and stuff like that and and and, and uh, with the mashup Can I do a quick yeah, impression of the nameless thugs? Go. Hey man, oh, do you hear that sound? I bet it was rats. Rats? It's never rats. <laughs> <laughs> so like from that from that standpoint it's it's been fun it's been fun to see that uh Jerome, like in terms of uh, one of the things that I, that I actually found out today about the show itself was that this takes place two years after Endgame. Two years okay. after Endgame, we're close to Christmas, which I thought was a, it's an interesting timeline thing. So some time has passed and all of these shows have kind of taken place in different time periods. I know Falcon and the Winter Soldier was eight months. Uh, WandaVision was a few weeks after Endgame. So like they're really spreading it out in terms of in terms. But it of also the, the, is like kind of going in or like time is passing. It's, it's not like they're jumping back at any point. At least the way you've described the different shows, like one is like almost directly after Endgame, another one is like a bit after that, another, and now we're even like further separated from it. Uh, so that's really interesting. And it's close to how it actually is in real life. Like obviously it's not exactly, yeah. but this is it, which is good because you don't want the last thing I think we would want is it to be like twenty twenty seven and all the Marvel stuff is still taking place in like twenty twenty one. Like that would kind of suck. Um, right no most certainly and i think one of the one of the things that uh, that i was also interested in too was uh hawkeye having a hearing aid and they showed those little flashback scenes of of how you could get it and basically if you're a human being superheroing is kind of hard i actually (laughs) thought that that was i do want to say that i thought that that was a very good choice because I think, because what I was afraid they were going to do is that there was going to be, like, one big event that caused his deafness. Mm-hmm. Which, one, is usually not how it works. And, two, I think that that very much, like, I didn't want to watch a bit where Hawkeye has to, like, learn to deal with all that. Like, obviously, he's probably going to mm-hmm. have more things going on. But I think that there's a way that we almost fetishize people learning to live with a disability. And I did want them to be, like, in the first episode, he has a big explosion. And now, the rest of the show is him, like, struggling to, it's like, no. Like, I that's not actually that interesting. And I feel like... I think that it is also more realistic that, yeah, if you're around explosions your entire life, you might need a hearing at some point. I mean, um, yeah, like you would be broken down in so many different ways. That's like one of the things I actually appreciated about Dark Knight Rises is that Bruce Wayne, like, is completely fucked up, mm-hmm. like, after all about six mm-hmm. months of work. Mm-hmm. Not even. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted to get into some of the physical, uh, physical sequences 
Mm-hmm. Uh, what was amongst your your favorite in, in terms of what you saw action wise? Uh, the drama. I'll start with you. Um. Yeah, I think the the scene where you know Kate Bishop is fighting all the thugs uh, in the underground was really fun. Um, a dated reference here, but it just looked like I was watching another uh, sequel to Three Ninjas, which is great because I was a big fan back in the day. Shout out to um, Three Ninjas. Yeah, yeah. Rocky yeah. loves Emily. Gets it. Um, mm-hmm. Has one of the most iconic basketball scenes uh, put to film <laughs> um, where Rocky dunks because he learned how to be a ninja, which makes no sense. He's not like Mac McClung or something like that. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, no, it was. Uh, I I think it was really like in general uh, for her action, because like you know you can make all the cases like she learned how to do archery, she learned martial arts and everything, but like her action was believable. Like there, mm-hmm. there obviously there's a suspension of disbelief of like can she take on all these people, but it wasn't so wild because she is just a regular human, not a superhuman by any stretch, um, who was just like using like. Moves kind of similar to, like, how we would watch, like, Black Widow kind of do things. Like, she's not overpowering people, but, you know, she's doing flips. She's doing, like, throws, things like that. Things that feel like um, are, like, defensive maneuvers that, like, if someone's bigger than you, that's the kind of thing that you would do to them uh, to actually, like, uh, stand up in a fight. But then also, like, she's getting legitimately hurt. And I think that's, uh, that's also, like, a really cool thing to kind of go into because unlike the superhero element that we're normally seeing, like these people will take damage and mm-hmm. we're seeing it oh, yeah. immediately, which is great. It's not like a, we're going to hit like episode eight and it's like, Oh my gosh, like look what they've been going through. Like literally halfway through a fight, they're bleeding and bruised and have all these cuts already. So it's good. Um, but a, a, aside from that, like we saw it with the preview, like it's not just the choreography. I think the camera work is really fun in it. Just like mm-hmm. how it follows along. It's, it's a, it's a little reminiscent of Daredevil, although not to that degree where they did like the full-on tracking shots. But yeah, it's very kinetic in its movement, so I think that definitely adds to the environment too. Like I like the continuity that's going on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How about you, Jake? I want to add about the underground fight scene that it felt very improvisatory. Like I think yep. that sometimes when you have ha- like masters of hand-to-hand combat in movies, particularly like, spy-type characters, it feels like they somehow know exactly what their enemy's gonna do, and, like, they have the perfect counters and stuff, whereas yeah. it felt like at every moment Kate Bishop was just, like, f- using props or using different, like, finding ways individually to fight, and that both was more interesting to watch and, of course, reinforced her character because, yeah, she has all these black belts or whatever, but she hasn't... Mm-hmm. How many real street fights has she been in, you know? Um, yeah. And so that... Until you get to the playoffs. Exactly. Do it in the playoffs. It's a, you know, the, the refs will swallow the whistle. Um... But yeah, I thought that there was that was really cool. I thought the scene where she fought the tracksuit mafia on the street was really fun um, because mm-hmm. you could the, you could tell the limits to her. Like I think it's important that she couldn't just beat up all those guys by herself because she's not a Completely. superhero. Um, and so yeah, I thought obviously there hasn't been a ton, a ton, a ton of action yet, but what there has been, I think, has been really promising. And um, you know, we we believe that she's a competent fighter, but obviously not invincible. Um, and I think that that's exactly where you want your hero to be. Who is that dude that? And I think his name in the show is Kazi or Kazi, uh, because he takes his mask off, and right. we just see him looking at Kate like they have a like they either have a a history or something like that. I have no idea, but I, I found that interesting that they zeroed yeah, in on just his a big face. fan of Pitch Perfect two and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
It's like, yeah, you know, this wasn't really the movie I normally would see, but these girls are singing in college. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but the... it's, it's a mashup. That's what's so creative about it. <laughs> yeah, but they, they call it a riff-off, but um, whatever. You, you won't understand. <laughs> How do you lose I on Black Street? Guys... How does one lose on Black Street? I just don't understand it. Um... Oh, I... <laughs> one of the dumber riffs we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not not totally a successful effect. riff off about a riff off. No, no, uh, no. No, but it was totally it was totally okay. effective because then it just brings me straight to the scene where the the tracksuit mafia confronts both Clint and Kate at her mm-hmm. apartment, mm-hmm. and they're all going with the what are you the doing, Molotovs? bro? The whole bro thing. Oh yeah, that was uh. That was very nice. And the Molotov uh, cocktail, then Clint throws it back. That was a nice little also, touch. that is the, speaking of pitch perfect, the pitch perfect apartment for a uh, mm. rich girl who wants to live, who lives in New York, but doesn't want to feel like she's rich apartment. Because I, yeah. I mean, having gone to New York University, I've been to multiple apartments of people whose families live in New York, but they have their own it's separate so apartment. It's so freaking huge. It is. They're huge, but they always have, like, decor that's, like, kind of schlubby. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. like, And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, it's it just felt so... And those stairs? Because her character, I think... $3,000 throws that look like they're from Valley Village. Yeah. Because there's, I think, a, a big hurdle that a lot of superhero characters have to do is in order for them to have, like, the means to be a superhero a lot of times they have to be super rich but obviously super rich characters are not uh inherently sympathetic she even so, makes that joke right she makes yeah of course that. exactly yeah, which is great. so i think that they, they do they do the work and i think they really put into but i thought that, that was just great set design honestly I, i'm mm-hmm. partially joking but also like you really do learn everything you need to know about that character from seeing your apartment right oh yeah absolutely and another person well not even a person another character that we meet is in the apartment is one lucky the pizza dog uh, mm, yes love me some lucky lucky is, is, lucky is there any significance to the so character outside of it being an adorable one-eyed dog that breaks my heart every time i see him <laughs> well in the math fraction run of hawkeye which the show is is uh, loosely based on okay uh, lucky lucky the pizza dog was following both uh kate and clint around That's nice yeah, on, I, I on, think, and I mean, you mentioned the dog, and that kind of like it's the dog and Kate. Uh, we talked a lot about the interactions. Uh, what I like is that they're taking no time whatsoever for these two to charm Hawkeye, because like mm-hmm. that would be also like a kind of a annoying trope that would mm-hmm. last like six episodes until he finally comes, like the curmudgeonly grump comes around. Like he straight mm-hmm. up is charmed by them. So I, mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing to kind of just enter in on. Like, obviously, they will have their back and forth, but it's not like he's already won over enough. Yeah, because the, th- the thing about Jeremy Renner is he's not a grump, he's aloof, and those are very different things. Fair. And so that, like, he doesn't have... I think there's a way that you can interpret his character as that he would be like, I don't have time for this person, but he just doesn't... He just isn't thinking about her at all, you know? Like, right, he's like, right. he's charming or whatever, <laughs> but, like, he doesn't... He's not really concerned with that. I think that it's... He they play that they play with strength a lot with that. Yeah, and his oh, fatherliness yeah, sure. shows, which mm-hmm. is yeah. also good. Yeah, 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 for sure. And even like the I, I do love the curmudgeon uh, wash dad thing because we see that later in. Yeah, you seem to identify episode. with that type of character when that comes around. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I just really enjoy it. Um, when when he goes to cosplay to find the dude who took the Ronin costume Larpin. and has to. And and has no choice but to participate in 
in uh, said cosplay. I thought that was a that was actually a very well done and funny scene. It, I mean, like it reminds me of the movie Role Models. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. Um, starring one Paul Rudd uh, mm-hmm. of Ant Man fame, but um, yeah, no, I mean that's really fun. I think kind of to Jake's point about just the different ways you attack the reputation of a Hawkeye. That's like a perfect way of doing mm-hmm. it. Of just like a guy who has obviously elite level combat skills placed in an environment where it's just like, okay, this is where he is actually a Marvel superhero in this mm-hmm. context. Like this is the area Let me where kill he you, is. Man. Yeah. Like <laughs> this is, this is, uh, this is like Kobe at the summer league, like for one game, just showing up or at like Rucker park or something. But um, <laughs> it's, That's yeah, no, it, it, I think, I think it was just, like, a really fun time. It let Jeremy Renner kind of, like, be sillier with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I, like, again, like, it's weird. I, I think, like, for scenes like that, I always, like, get fearful of, like, really old tropes. Like, I thought it would turn into something where the guy who promised the suit wouldn't give the suit and, and like, would kind of drag that bit way too long. Yeah. It was perfect. It was great. No, yeah, it was fine. I, I think that, that was exactly my worry, too, is that it was going to, like go on way too long um and because like ultimately obviously they're partially poking the irony at... is jake and i are actually against bits going way longer yeah than that is true what i'm shocked no but and, and yeah because i think that they kind of they the, the it was light ribbing well i've never been larping and i probably would never go larping i also don't really care for when mainstream shows punch down at like small nerd subcultures uh and it didn't really yes. feel it felt like you know if i yeah where did you feel with this one because that's a really good point it was like, in the I middle because like, they, they it was in the middle about yeah. it but it wasn't like but I, they joked about things that are inherently silly about it but they didn't make they didn't make the people like hawkeye can enjoy doing joke. that unironically it, like it doesn't always have to be a surprise when you come out of something like that like Oh my god! I didn't think I'd be into this, but I am. The like, thing I think the key difference is that, at least the way I interpreted it, is that mm-hmm. the jokes were like, "This is a silly thing that people do." Not these people are silly for doing it. And those, I think, that's a very key distinction. And right? I think that, but, what yeah, to- that still ends. I mean, like that goes more down to execution, but that is a very gray area of like it's not too far before you are inevitably oh, I agree. down on the people. Yeah. 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 Um, no, but, yeah, yeah, for agree. sure. Yeah, and. And it's funny because, Jake, I know you mentioned earlier about wanting to see more of the world and particularly Vera Farmiga's character and what she has to uh, offer. And I know, Jerome, you mentioned to give her more. I feel like we are going to get that at some point because there is a little bit of there is a little bit of a a semi mystery going on with her. Whatever that argument was with the the now dead uh, Armand and and his relation to Jack and, and all of that going on. It seemed like Armand wanted something out of her that was significant. Mm-hmm. I wonder how dug in Eleanor is. I'm, I'm very, very curious. She's like all the way in. Yeah, yeah. She's like, it's not even. I mean, this is like a... she's the world's worst kept secret. No, yeah. I think that it's perfect casting because Vera Farmiga just exudes like. There's there's something else going on here. You're, yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's too good like, to be yeah, true. Yeah. 
It's, it's, like, you're, you're not on the level. Um, Vera Farmiga, I don't think, is allowed to be in anything that she acts in without her character having at least like one, like an extra life. Like it's a double life at minimum. Yeah, exactly. In any like scenario. even even yeah. when she's like a wholesome person, like in The Conjuring, she has a double life in the spirit realm. You know what I mean? Like she gotta have right. Something. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, I think. But the thing too is like, it seems like she's been this for as far back as New York. Mm-hmm. Like yes. Like, this has just been a part... Like, where's all this money coming from? She is the breadwinner of the family, it seems like, the whole time. Uh, yeah, there's nothing Yeah, she wasn't really the... feeling the pops in that flashback to start yeah. off. Right, right, right. Um, well, like TLC says, no scrubs. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, no, no, like, there's nothing about that. And I think it's a good thing, again, that they're not even, like, making an attempt to, like, try to shock you with something about this. It's just a matter of like how we're going to find out yeah and giving us cookie crumbs that lead us to lead us to whatever echo is doing to whatever is happening when we get to fisk and obviously we have that carrot hanging out there that we will see elena at some point yep. um after clint so guys after two episodes where do you where do you see this headed and what do you what would you like to see uh, jake i'll start with you I think it's probably headed into, like, there being an interconnected, you know, web of underground crime stuff going on that eventually leads back to um, uh, Kate's mother. Um, that's kind of, I think, the way that that story's going to go. But then I also think that all of the different sins of the past for Hawkeye are going to converge on him, um, specifically the form of Yelena and all the different people who are mad at Ronan. And so I think that although I don't love how they kind of brush it aside now, I think that the show is going to, in some way, shape, or form, deal with some of his mistakes because they're the fact that Elaine is even in it. That that that's what that that's what that her hunting him is really supposed to like represent. And so I think that right. um, Kate will probably see how he's you know flawed character or whatever, and come to like they'll work together to be, I think solve both those issues and. Um, you know, they'll both be stronger for it. I'm not really sure exactly, but I think that it's mostly just like, I think the, um, I think that both of those stories are going to be used to present Kate Bishop as the new, like a new major, uh, MCU character. And mm-hmm. so I think that she needs to like basically fight the demons in her past and help Hawkeye exhume some of his own, um, is the way I put it. Right. Right. And, uh, Jerome, how about you? Um, yeah, I think with what we came out with, with the first two episodes, there's there seems to be a move to build a grounded universe because we're just doing so much right now with multi and going to space and magic and fantasy, um, you know, and we, because I guess we still, we don't accept them as canon, even though we're going to take a lot of the characters and bring them into this world. Like, the Netflix series don't even exist to us. So, like, there is no real grounded element to the MCU yeah. that I think now we have an opportunity to have that here. Um, we did get a bit in Falcon Winter Soldier, I'll admit that, but even then, that kind of already goes into a superhero realm. And, like, bigger, like, world... Like, just this is a city level, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. So, um, I think that's really cool that way. Um, obviously, interested in seeing, uh, like, all of the little bits here and what they build for these characters and, you know, the new characters that are coming in, but I'll save that for you, AC, because I know that's, like, what you've been chomping at the bit at for. But, <laughs> um, I, you know what? Like, long-term, at some point, uh, 
similar to like what we got with Logan. I know I'm not like anyone's really high on Hawkeye, but since we're bringing all these characters in, just give me like a rated R Hawkeye versus Bullseye. Wow. Yeah, that would be kind of cool. And... I just want two people who never miss like shooting the shit out of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, f- I I feel like I feel like what Wilson Bethel did in Daredevil season three kind of needs a reprisal, and right. I and mm-hmm. I will I will hope and cross my fingers that he comes back at some point. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. This show is the show is really interesting because now there's four episodes left. And now, so we have it's to. It's only a six episode the, series? Yeah. It's only a six episode know. series. Okay. So, I mean, that's They right, have, but... yeah, so they got some, they got some, some, you know, kind of like balancing out to do because it's Kate's story more the so than anything season, else. Like limited series? I don't know okay. right now. The, okay. the, I heard Jeremy Renner say the other day he would like Hawkeye to lead like a West Coast Avengers type of thing, like got be it. a Captain America type. Um, if he could. We don't love to be a Captain I... America type, but only Jake Christie can be casted as one. You're damn right. You know why? Because you knew who was in charge of casting. I was. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, as far as Clint is concerned, like, man, I wonder, well, does he get out of this? Does he survive? He shouldn't. I mean, like, he needs to answer. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's the first thing I think of. Because I could totally see Kate learning from him, that obviously. Question. I'm just, like, more asking the question. I'm like, how are we going to look at him when he dies? Like, are, are we going to honor his memory? Can I be like, honest with you? I don't think he dies. I, I don't think he dies. I don't think he dies. Because I, I don't think he dies because that's just... I think for a couple reasons. One, because of what I just talked about, how, like, clearly they're – we're in the universe. I think that we're supposed to accept that the people he killed lives just – the show, the shows or movies are telling us they don't matter. I disagree, but that's basically what Completely. they're telling us. They're saying that because right. they're criminals, it, they're <laughs> like, it actually doesn't matter that he murdered them. But and also, I just think that because like the only death yeah. that he seems to, that he's gonna have to reckon with is Black Widow's because yeah. of Yelena. That's yes, it. Yeah. right. But, right, and that yeah. Uh, but I think just from like a literal storytelling standpoint, I don't think you have all the bits with him with the ki- his kids in the beginning of the show, and then the with the yeah. tone of this show, the, the oh, show's no, no, tone no, is not the he's impossible. The, the show has to end with him coming up for Christmas, and even though I he think gets, he should have he to answer for his home. crimes, the 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 real per- like the you know moral person to me is like he needs to answer for his crimes, but the storytelling yep. person to me is like, well, if you set up, he's got to go home for Christmas. He's got to get home for Christmas. Right, right, right. Yeah, you gotta get the, the, that gingerbread house ain't gonna build itself. You know? Exactly. Yeah. All right, so AC, what are you looking for? All right. So listen, the how they because th- this is supposed to be like a soft reboot for all of the Netflix characters that are coming mm-hmm. in. So like when we see Charlie Cox and No Way Home and anybody else who comes along, including uh, Vincent D'Onofrio here, I want to see how he's presented. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm just curious, like if. Can they just do it as they were doing it in Netflix? Because I feel like that wasn't a problem for me as far as his character was concerned. No, it was uh, ruled. <laughs> but just yeah, just the concept of what this character looks like, and obviously the relationship uh, with Echo will be something interesting. Because then that'll be that'll lead to her series. And right, how, how involved she's do you see presented. Hawkeye in uh, cleaning up Harlem? <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna make harlem great again yeah <laughs> i don't even want to think about that <laughs> i still can't believe that show really said put that line seven percent on rotten tomatoes that, yo that's crazy rotten tomatoes like, is a bad metric it just is <laughs> yeah well 
Because, like, yeah. Regard- I, regardless, it is a metric. Yeah. And... Oh, God. That, and once again, the happened. thing is, he said that. And it is important to note that, that you could make the argument that there are three or four things in the show that are worse. <laughs> like, he right, really right, right, is right. just, like, the dab. Oh, yeah, the dab. The dab, like, the dab by far. Rough. Like, that's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Uh, or the bit where Sway in the morning's talking about him. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is great, but I feel, I feel yeah, like how... need, like Luke Cage yeah. needed to be made and die. Like you know, like the the TikToks are like this person died, so this person could walk. Like mm-hmm. Luke Cage needed <laughs> to do that so we can have Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Oh, well, I mean, that's we'll second step. I sure hope. That, I mean, I guess no, the Falcon and the Soldier's gonna die too because we need something better than that. Uh, <laughs> We'll get oh second, man hopefully but 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 yeah like the 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 fisk stuff how he's presented is interesting how what what yelena is involved with i know they asked they asked Haley about yelena and obviously she played coy but it looks like they're gonna have some scenes together so that should be fun mm-hmm. um yelena is one of them like had one of the most uh not only fascinating but electric uh debuts in, yeah. in the mcu so I'm excited to just see her again because mm-hmm. she's Wherever awesome. you have a chance oh. to get Florence Pugh involved, mm-hmm. get Florence Pugh involved. Yeah, yeah. as someone who's get her involved her, like watched... multiply. Don't just have her show up at the end. For sure. Like, I guess funny on IMDb, she's listed in four episodes. Now I don't know if IMDb is lying. Yeah, IMDb, but... I, I, they could be right, but they also could be wrong because they often right. are wrong with upcoming projects. But uh, yeah, as long as as long as she's in a couple, yeah. as long as they don't bring her in for shits and giggles at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. I would like to see that. So, and then, yeah, Echo is Echo is interesting to me because they're obviously putting a lot into that show and a lot into the character. So it, not only in terms of representation, but just her connection to not only uh, Fisk, but Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So those two, those two setups in terms of street level MCU, I think is going to be really, really fun to see how they, how they do playing out and, and uh, Clint's the Clint's story. I mean, listen, I gotta admit, I I I, I don't I, I don't really have a problem with Clint's story. I'm really kind of like, besides, I mean, you could talk about the moralistic stuff with yeah. the Yakuza and the Ronin stuff, which that I don't really care for too much. I mean, you've always been the I most think... likely out of the three of us to become a vigilante, so we get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a smiling vigilante. The wa- yeah. Washman. Vigilante. Washman. Yeah, Washman. Washman. <laughs> nice. Oh, man. But yeah, I, I, I do want to see how Clint's story plays out. And maybe he uses this time that he has with Kate to kind of learn something about himself. And and maybe he will become that type of uh, leader that uh, maybe that he feels like he was meant to be in the future. He could be the dude behind the chair. Calling out plays, so Washman mm-hmm. cleaning up the streets once he ices his back. <laughs> Doctor Man Nappin. Oh, oh wow! <laughs> oh. oh my goodness, uh, Hawkeye, Hawkeye, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two episodes are in the books. I'm excited to see where this series goes. Uh, should be fascinating to see going forward. Uh, before we go, uh, gentlemen, yeah, give me your follows, Jerome. Take uh, you it can away. follow me on Instagram at Black Dragon Roll and on Twitter at Jumby Lime. Hey, free Black Dragon Roll, mm. Jake. 
You can follow me on Twitter at J Christie, and this is the last time I'll say this. Uh, listen to my other podcast, No Funk, It's Strictly Monkin. We talk about the USC Network original series, Monk, me and Andre Barrera. Uh, actually, after we record this, I'm going to be we're going to be recording our final episode with an interview with the creator of the Amazing. show. Amazing. Uh, hey, I cheers. only cried three times watching the finale. Um, so, which is about as much as my how, first. How long is it? Episode? Uh, forty three minutes. Okay, that's fair. That's I a, mean, that's a good I, I, when that's I watched clip. it live, when I was like. 15 i cried so that you know i wasn't surprised but uh yeah so it's gonna be a emotional podcast andre said you know we're we're, andre said he's worried he's gonna cry in the podcast so hopefully that doesn't happen but uh yeah i hope it does too because honestly it's been a really nice road but yeah if you're interested in that show at all are you doing it on video you got to do it on video yeah we're doing on. i don't know if we're gonna post the video but we're doing it on video um because yeah we always just uh do that because it's easier anyway um yeah but obviously everything else we do here with the patreon and all that um yeah just uh check it all out yep yeah, patreon.com mc university pod as you guys know uh as we mentioned at the top the table read check that out uh we still got the amazing spider-man 2 to get to at some point before no way home comes oh out my god we do i watched yeah. that shit so we better get to it i, I watched bought that a, shit i bought yeah. it on we itunes will. We i got will. i got yeah. the fucking bill from apple yesterday and i you bought it i because i wanted an h i wanted on this computer my new computer i wanted hd because oh, like, if i'm gonna watch the shit you. i'm gonna watch the shit yeah, yeah, you got yeah, a fire stick uh, i don't have a fire stick no um oh, okay but then, anyway then the important cool. thing is i it's yeah. also like 2.99 and i spend that on like you know dumb shit every day but it also when I got the alert this is from why Apple, we get a Patreon, I guess. It, it, when I when I got the alert on Apple, it go. felt like it was like saying like shame on you. You know what I mean? Like what the hell's <laughs> wrong with you? Anyway, so yeah, we have that movie to 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 get uh, through. At some point, Jerome and I and some friends will uh, revisit Insecure as that show is taking yeah some turns in its final season. Where's that show uh, going, AC? We'll talk about it offline. Yeah, we'll yeah we, we yeah we most definitely will. And uh, yeah, just check us out there. Appreciate everybody's support. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, and and uh, give us as many ratings as possible. It definitely helps us out. And um, obviously, you can follow me on Twitter at Anthony Canton underscore three. I'll probably have something on these first two episodes for Murphy's Multiverse this week. Uh, trying to figure out what yet. I'm still trying trying to think about it, but. Uh, it, when it when it does, check me out there. Check out what the good folks. Oh wait, one last important thing. I don't know if you're gonna say it. I feel bad if you are, but I, the day is coming. When what day is this coming out, AC? Oh, this this is coming out on Thanksgiving. So you will when you hear this. Happy Thanksgiving. You will hear this on Thursday morning. So yes, Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody enjoy with your families. Have a wonderful holiday and have a wonderful holiday weekend as uh we all will try to do and stay safe and enjoy yourself and have a restful weekend if you can mm-hmm. so for jerome chain for jake christie i'm anthony canton third this has been marvel cinematic university and we will talk to you gobble gobble next time <laughs> <laughs>